Let's talk about a new FA chairman of African descent. Let's also discuss the storms hitting the Caribbean. What about everyone against racism? A letter to my grandchildren and a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. In order to carry a positive action, we must develop here a positive vision. The Dalai Lama. So this week, we are still dealing with the, I don't know what you call it, the, the fallout from the American elections. Um, Trump is not accepting defeat on no level at all. I saw him in an interview today, as it goes, and he, um, he's here. It looked like he didn't dye his hair today. So his he's hair was grey, you know, looked his years, you know, none, none of the blonde stuff. So I don't know if that's a new look or I'm not sure, but it was, um, it was striking because you, you see the image of Trump and you just expect to see that all the time. So, so yeah, uh, interesting. But yeah, so he's not accepting it. Uh, his supporters are not accepting it. They had their, what they call it, the Million MAGA March um, today uh, with these protesters carrying their flags, uh, members of the far-right groups such as the Proud Boys, some people invest, bullet, bulletproof vests, I might add, um, helmets, etc. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not sure why they would come in bulletproof vests. I'm, I'm pretty sure they've got guns there as well because they like to carry guns and stuff, but who are they? Def I mean, I know it's in their constitution that they can bear arms and stuff, but they're not in war, you know, there isn't anybody to clash with. The, the, the voting's over as far as we know, unless Trump knows something that we don't know. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out. But, you know, all these people come out to see him. I've, I believe there's thousands of people there, but up in Washington. But um, I'm just glad there's no conflict. You know, there's no need for any conflict. We, we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. And if that's what they need to do for them to move forward, then so be it, so be it. But we'll see how that plays out. But we've got two years, not two years, two months roughly um, of Trump before um, Biden's in. And we'll see what he does, you know. So interesting times ahead. Interesting times ahead. Um, in, but on this side of the water, we've got a plaque that's gone up this week in Tottenham to commemorate um, Len, Dr Len Dyke, uh, Dudley Dryden and Tony Wade. So in 1965, these guys were three pioneers um, for hair and beauty um, for black women. Um, and they actually they were the first um, black millionaires as well in the UK. Um, but they, yeah, they basically started the industry. They, I think they even went on to create their own brands, their own brand of, um, of uh, products for black women's hair. So yeah, definite pioneers. So I'm really glad that they're putting up a plaque. I think... They're putting up these um, black plaques at the moment, organisations putting those up. And I think it's with an aim to have blue ones put up in time. I haven't heard that specifically with this one, but I, I, the other week they, they put up one for um, another, another famous um, black person. They, they ended up making it a blue plaque. So hopefully these guys will get their blue, black, their blue plaque as well. So I didn't know much about them, to be fair. Um, so it was really interesting to know that we've got some... Um, you know, some not so not so far back um, pioneers, because um, we don't see a lot of um, uh, 
black people of African descent selling hair products, not as much as we should, to be fair. So, and it'd be interesting to find out why that is, because if these, these guys put things together in place, then I'm, I'm wondering why it kind of changed hands. That's an interesting thing to look into. So yeah, something to look into. So um, in regards to the whole corona situation, which we're living through, um, they've obviously started their testing in, I think it was Liverpool, yeah, Liverpool uh, last week. But they're planning on um, uh, putting out the rapid test into 50 different areas, um, testing for people who are asymptomatic. Um, and it's kind of come in line with um, probably the, the news that most people have been waiting for. Um, Pfizer um, Biotech um, have found a vaccine, well, have created a vaccine, um, and they claim that it's, um, it's prevent, it prevents 90% 90 plus, 90 plus of people um, getting the coronavirus. Um, but it's in the later stages of the trials. It's not fully confirmed yet, but the media, the doctors, everybody seems to be really happy about it and looking forward to that bringing some normality to the planet. So... We'll be watching that, see how that goes. But I believe there's a few different, um, a few different uh, vaccines that they've put together. So there's, there's going to be multiple um, vaccines. I think with this one, you, you have to take it twice, they're saying, um, for it to work. But what, what I find really interesting, the last couple of weeks, we did have the, the whole situation with Denmark and the mink um, virus that mutated um, and the culling that they're talking about doing with the minks over there. And the fact that, it would set back uh, any vaccines that have been put together. But since this vaccine's come out, I haven't heard much talk about the implications of this mutated version. So, because obviously uh, these, the, any vaccines at this point have not been made with the mutation in mind. So, so yeah, it'd be interesting to hear um, how they start speaking about that and, and how we move forward with that as well. So on a lighter note, um, Marcus Rashford um, got a call from Boris um, confirming that uh, they, he will um, put £170 million aside um, to help feed um, disadvantaged children over Christmas, over the Christmas holidays, which is amazing. You know, Marcus Rashford can't do no wrong, man. It's just, it's just so amazing that he's doing all this so young. But I do think <laughs> in, 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 the, in the back of my mind that where he's so young, you know, like him just being a young man and having the fun that a young man has and, you know, making the mistakes a young man has. Um, I hope, you know, when that side of him kicks in, possibly, you know, um, people take, take into consideration what he's doing now, you know, what he's done and what he's doing now, because at the end of the day, he is really young, you know, and, you know, he, he, he needs to still be a young man and make his mistakes and have fun and stuff. But I'm sure he's got good people around him. So hopefully those are um, little and far between. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's just amazing, man. It's just amazing how he's transcended the sport, you know, um, and, and doing, doing real things. And, and, you know, most people, most people from where I'm from um, in Hackney um, can relate to you know, uh, um, you know, having to have school dinners, going to bed hungry, you know, um, and yeah, just lack, you know, just not having, not having anything. I mean, I, I hear in some conversations, I hear people talking about 
um, you know, people, you know, kids not having enough food and stuff. Um, and you can hear that peop some people haven't even experienced that. But, but yeah, you know, I, I hear it and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's, it's a normal thing because it's something that I, you know, I went through as well. Um, not that it felt like anything bad as a kid. It was just the way it was, you know, poverty was, was, was a thing, you know, so school dinners was a thing, uh, you know, lack of food, lack of many things, toys, <laughs> you know, worn out clothes, whatnot, you know, it's just, it's just part of growing up. So, um, but them things make you stronger, you know, if what don't break you, make you stronger. But again, Marcus Rashford coming from that um, and, and reaching back to, to support that is, is just amazing, man. Can do nothing but um, tip your hat to him metaphorically and physically if you see him in real life. So... Sticking with the football scene, um, Greg Clark has um, made a, a major boo-boo in, his, um, in his, his conversation. You know, he's, yeah, I mean, it's national news now and he's had to quit um, after making unacceptable remarks. Um, used the term coloured. Um, he spoke about um, gay people um, making life choices. The various other bits and pieces he said... Um, but it really highlighted uh, how, at that chairman level, because obviously he's the chairman of the FA, how, you know, how undiverse it is, you know, for want of a better phrase, you know. I, I mean, from, from people I've spoken to, you know, spoke about how he was really an advocate for diversity and progression and, you know, just forward thinking and stuff like that. So to hear him make such gaffes, you know, um, just really goes really against that. And then, again, when you look at the picture of the, the board, you know, the chairman, the, the, all of his peers, you know, it's white men and white women, you know. No reflection of, of, of the footballers that play on the team, which is quite mixed and quite diverse. Um, so it, it's really shone a light on that. And I, I kind of feel this is a great opportunity for them to, to really put somebody in place that can do the job, first and foremost, you know, can do the job, but somebody who doesn't look like um, the people at the top, you know, it'd be really good to have a, a black person, male or female, um, at the top in, in that role, because um, that really does, I mean, it's, 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 it's common knowledge that, you know, black people are, you know, significant um, on the field in football, and there, there's definitely not a lack of black males or females that can do the job you know um so for whatever reason and um, they haven't had the opportunity to do that maybe this is that opportunity um but in the meantime one of his peers has come in to um take take that space and um, peter mccormack obe um he was a vice he was the vice chairman of the fa so he's taking his his uh, spot intermittently but hopefully it is just intermittently. And they, like I said, they use this opportunity to diversify their team. You know, that's, that's the slogan, diversify your team. There's no reason why um, uh, somebody of African descent cannot be up um, in that chairman position supporting, you know, the, 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 the people who are there at the moment, you know, and, and making change within the FA. It'd be a big move, great opportunity. And, you know, Greg Clark making them comments, Comments. I mean, people are debating, is he racist for saying it? Did he, did 
did he mean it with any ill intent? To be fair, that that's neither here nor there. Um, this is a man that's, that's been in the game long enough, you know, worked across the world. Um, it's very clear that we're in 2020. Um, he's very clear about what should be done and what shouldn't be done. So he definitely should be, shouldn't be making any gaffes around um, race and diversity and stuff. So, you know, and for me, it's a, I don't know what his intentions are really, but what I do know is um, it was a, at least a Freudian slip, you know, and with, with a Freudian slip that, that kind of leaks out your true intentions and true thoughts. So it is what it is. Um, but, you know, he, he, he served a long time. You know, he, he's quit now. So let's move forward and let's make, let's make some change. So I'll be watching that very carefully. Um, so uh, in North London, Edmonton Police Station, I've never seen nothing like this in the UK. This, this really looked like something out of... I don't know, out of a movie, you know. Um, so a car's driven straight into Edmonton and police station. The man's got out of the car. He's poured what only well, some flammable substance, probably petrol, poured it on the car and on the floor and lit it um, with, which see, with the intentions to, to obviously blow something up. Um, this obviously went viral. I'm sure you, you've all seen the videos from about 50 different angles. But... Um, Luckily, uh, the police were not too far behind and they, they, they came out um, arrested him and, and put out the fire. But um, yeah, it was, it was just a mad scene. It was just, you know, never seen nothing like that. That, that you know, failing, barring uh, mental health issues, um, that man, I would say, was really, really, really upset with the police for, for, for something I did hear some, I don't want to say what I heard it was about, so I don't want to speculate, but um, but yeah, he, he w wasn't happy and obviously seemed like he was more than happy to be arrested for it because there was no way you were going to get away with, with doing that. So, so yeah, um, but gladly nobody was hurt. Um, they said um, uh, it's a 45-year-old man and he's now in custody, so he's going to have to go through the process of, of dealing with that. But like I said, it's, it's just glad nobody wasn't hurt because that could have been... Um, that could have been a, a lot of people hurt. Um, people, whether they were inside the police station um, or passers-by. And obviously, to be fair, you've got to think, there, there might have been people that have gone to the police station to report a crime. There might have been old, young, standing in the reception and him driving into the car. His target was probably the police. But whoever was in that foyer um, would have been trapped and potentially, um, yeah, I think you can you can work it out yourself. I don't need to break that down, but yeah. So I'm glad nobody was hurt. Um, but unfortunately, in Harrow, there was a fatal stabbing um, and a 17-year-old male um, was pronounced dead after these, these stab injuries. Again, um, always sad when, when, when anybody dies, to be fair, but especially a child, you know, a young person, 17 years old, you know, um, so yeah, just sad, man. I'm just sad. So yeah, we. Um, so it's a pity that we have to even, yeah, deal with stuff like that. But it is the world we're living in, um, and yeah. So my hearts and prayer, my prayers go out to the family for sure. Um, and in Ethiopia as well, my thoughts and prayers out there with them as well. Um, in Ethiopia, you know, Ethiopians are now f uh, fleeing to um, Sudan 
due to conflict out there. Um, hundreds of people have died already. Um, ba basically, um, there's been reports of like civil uh, massacre, you know, so a lot of people dying. Um, and there's been rockets um, fired at the airport in the Tig Tigray region. Um, so, so yeah, there's people fleeing and people seen carrying all their worldly goods, you know, it's a no intention of going back to wherever they've come from. Um, and obviously it hits them at a time, this is like harvest time as well in Ethiopia. So yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of destruction, a lot of death. So my thoughts are with them for sure. And I hope whatever's going on or why it's happening gets resolved sooner rather than later, you know. Um, but back in the UK, um, you know, obviously being in this lockdown situation, um, a lot of businesses are suffering. A lot of businesses haven't survived thus far and some are just hanging on by a thread. Um, and the gyms, there's a, the, the, obviously there's, I mean, I, I initially, I wanted to see, I'm a, somebody that likes to go to the gym, but I initially wanted to see, are people going to be catching it through going to the gym? You know, is that, is that going to be a thing or whatnot? Um, and it turns out it hasn't. You know, I haven't heard anything specifically happening with, with gyms. Um, and gyms are, you know, anything to do with fitness and health, I think we really do need to look at how can we keep those sort of things open in some way, shape or form. Um, because, you know, we, we, we need to keep fit. Unless there's, unless there's, you know, scientific evidence that says, no, this is not something to do and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go either side of the, the fence with that, I suppose. But either way, um, that some of the gyms, some of the private gyms have refused to, cl to close. Um, there's gyms in uh, Liverpool refused to close, Manchester, North London. Um, and one of, the, one of the gyms, there's a gym in Tottenham, um, you know, he got multiple fines um, and now I think he's received maybe about seven, seven to seven to £10,000 worth of fines so far but I think he's in court next week um, and he's facing £67,000 fine now that is a lot of money I mean the way how he was dismissing the fines that he was getting and just adamant he's he's staying open you know it's talking about it's his moral right to do that um, he's obviously his pockets are deep so um but that 67 grand is going to um, determine how deep his pockets really are. To be fair, I can't, I can't see him um, staying open after the whole court thing and these increased fines, but we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, obviously the gym that, the couple of the gyms that I've seen, these are like bodybuilding gyms. So these are people that are in competitions and, and obviously, you know, People want to get to do what they've always done and, and, you know, just keep that routine going on. But it's a little bit different if you're a bodybuilder um, and you're in competition. And, you know, a lot of these competitions, steroids are used. You know, steroids are, are, are legal to actually use. It's not legal to sell um, steroids, but it's legal to, you can take them. Um, and they do take them for these competitions. So, but with that comes um, things like um, muscle dysmorphia. Um, and this is where, you know, where people are kind of obsessed with how big they are. And if they're not training, they feel that they're, they're shrinking and, you know, they have to train. And, and obviously, if you're taking stories as well and you're not training, you just kind of blow up. You know, you need to be using um, uh, the drug. Otherwise, it just kind of piles on you. So, so there's many, from a mental aspect, um, <clears throat> a mental aspect uh, and 
and the health aspect, but, but a mental aspect. I think that part is kind of being dismissed when you're talking about closing these gyms. And I, I never really thought about, you know, the bodybuilders and stuff like that who, who are taking steroids, um, how much it's going to affect them, because they actually need heavy weights for a total different reason. You know, they, they, they really do need it, you know, in their mind. So, so that's something to, to kind of think about as well, you know. Um, so, yeah, not that I'm condoning taking any kind of substances. I, I would say don't take it, do it all natural. But the truth is people do take it and, and weightlifting competitions is a thing. You know, it hasn't gone anywhere since Arnold Schwarzenegger used to do it. It's, it still runs now. Um, and if you ever watch, um, what is it, uh, Britain's Strongest Man Every Christmas, um, and you see how large these people are, you know, steroids is 99% of the time involved. So it is, it is something that's here. So, um, but going back with, with this lockdown thing and, you know, shutting down gyms and everything else, there's so many other things that come off of the back of that, you know, increased domestic violence, increased mental health. And me talking about the, the body dysmorphia or muscle dysmorphia, you know, th these are things that are on the mental health spectrum, you know. Um, so substance misuse, you know, all of these things all increase because people want escapism, people are in their homes together and stuff. So we have to start thinking about what do we do as we keep going in and out of these lockdown cycle, lockdown cycle. When we're in the lockdown phase, we need to really think about how we're dealing with that and how we're looking after our community and how we're behaving, you know. If you're a perpetrator, you need to think about how you're behaving and, and what's triggering you and what work you need to do on yourself and what, you know, because you're endangering people's lives, you know. So if you're a, pre if you're, if you're a predator, you know, a, a perpetrator, you need to, as you're listening to this, you know who you are, you need to think about what you're doing, you know, and get some help before you, you know, before you continue what, with what you've been doing or what you intend on doing. And if you're a victim, you also need to think about what you're doing, you know. You need to think about how do you get out of that situation? How do you remain safe, you know? And, and, and keeping, keeping it a secret, you know, and, and, and thinking, you know, that it's, it's happening out of love or, you know, you have displaced loyalty to that person or whatever. Yeah, you need to rethink that rethink that because you know with domestic violence you know you, you have people that survive domestic violence and you have people that don't survive domestic violence you know and if you're if you're listening to this and you've survived domestic violence you might not be so lucky the next time around so you know get the support make plans for what you would do if you're in that situation if you've been in that situation if you've got a window of opportunity to escape that situation how are you going to do it who you're going to need on your side what do you need to have with you when you're looking to move you know are your children safe all of these things but you know let's not wait until you're in the situation to start thinking about what I'm going to what am I going to do if um I'm be if I'm if I'm a victim of domestic violence because once you're in the situation it's much harder to make a decision so these things you need to plan from you need to plan before you're in the situation um and yeah and you know we need to look at it for each other's mental health as well you know some some people haven't got the you know the space to say like i'm going to go in the garden because you know everything else is locked down and stuff some people are living in tower blocks and you know one bedroom you know it's, you know, it does affect, not everybody's, the things that, 
it, it just affects people in different ways and not everybody's situation is ideal and not everybody's in the right frame of mind, especially with, you know, losing your job. It might be furloughed, uh, broke up in a relationship, various different things. So we've got to look out for each other and, and also reflect on ourselves as well. If we feel like we're, we're, we're in low moods, we're staying in bed all the time, you know, nothing's looking good, we're not finding any joy in anything, we need to speak to people. And there are services out there to speak to. Mind, Mind is a is a great um, website to to go to in regards to mental health, um, and they give free support as well. Um, and also um, in in regards to uh, domestic violence as well, there's loads of um, uh, support services. I can't think of the. the I don't want to give the wrong one because I can't think of it off the top of my head. But if you just type, it, go onto Google, and you type in domestic violence support a multitude of um, services will come up um, for support with that. But it's really important that you address these things beforehand rather than when you're in the situation. Something that works for me, I find, is um, is just meditating, you know? Meditating, you know, and it doesn't... If you haven't meditated before, again, you type that into Google, there's, there's many different ways to meditate. And I'm not talking about meditating on illicit substances, <laughs> I know some of you um, choose that kind of meditation. I'm talking about meditating and mindfulness and, you know, being still and, and you know, sitting with yourself and, and kind of focusing, focusing on yourself. Um, and, yeah, so that's something that I find really useful, you know. Um, so that's something that I would definitely suggest to explore, you know, when you're in lockdown and even when you're not in lockdown. You know, meditation is always a good thing and you can... You know, like I said, they, they, these things are not um, in heavy use across the world for no reason. There's a reason why people meditate. And I know some people find it challenging to sit down by themselves and just concentrate on their breathing and stuff like that. But you can do it. You know, it's, it's challenging. You know, you, if you do it for five minutes to start with, before you know it, in a couple of weeks, you'll be doing it for an hour. Yeah. And you'll be better for it. So definitely something to explore to help with the support um, through these lockdowns. So, um, also, bird flu is back. It's been detected in England, and this is the last thing we need. We don't need any other kind of viruses and stuff coming back, or, or yeah, we don't need none of that. But it's here again. Um, so there's been the third outbreak in England. Um, uh, there had been, I think there'd been a couple of cases also in Germany as well. So hopefully, um, however we dealt with that in the past, hopefully that they can get on top of that and it doesn't become a thing, um, it doesn't affect us as humans, um, and that goes away because, as I said, as you know, we, we've got enough on our plate with this whole COVID situation, so hopefully that gets dealt with. But talking about having enough on your plate, um, I'm really feel it for um, people out in the Caribbean. I mean, most people listen to this, you've probably got some kind of connection with the Caribbean, um, in some way, shape or form, whether it's friends or family. But um, these storms, the videos have been going viral, you know, um, from, from the various islands. Um, most, a lot of them seem to be from in Jamaica where roads are, you know, the rain's taking out roads and, um, yeah, just, just a lot of tragedy. So these trop this tropical storm, I think it's called tro um, Storm Lotta. Yeah, Storm Lotta. Um, and, yeah, it's powerful. It's I think it's actually considered a hurricane, um, but it's really causing a lot of damage out there. And so I just 
pray for those people out there as well. Um, and they were, I think they were, is, is it, is it Otta or Etta? I think there might have been two. I think it might have started off as Storm Lotta and then, um, or prior to that, it was Hurricane Etta. But either way, it's been hit by multiple wind, rain, etc. And obviously, people are dealing with this whole COVID thing. So, you know, that's the last thing you need. And to be fair, us in England as well, I mean, we may have forgotten how our winters have been in the past. We've had many floods and stuff in um in them rural places um, across the UK. So chances are we, hopefully not, but, um, you know, people near those places, near the sea and stuff, they may be hit by things if any of those storms come this this way this year. So, and like I said, it's bad enough on an ordinary year, but on the year when we're dealing with COVID for the first time, it's nearly been a year now, come December, January. So, yeah, um, but yeah, man, my, my, my thoughts and prayers definitely out there in the Caribbean. Um, and I hope that, that, that storms, them storms pass sooner rather than later. So recommendation, book recommendation this week. Um, it's a book. I haven't read this book. It's only just come out, but I will be buying it. It's um, Everyone Against Racism, A Letter to My Children by Patrick Hutchinson. So Patrick Hutchinson, we should all know by now he's the... Uh, the famous man who who saved a um, a one of the far right uh, protesters at a Black Lives Matter um, march and had him over his shoulder and was his picture went around the world with that. Um, so he's decided to write a book. He's got the opportunity to write a book now. The cameras on him, which is really good. You got to take those opportunities. Um, and basically, he's. He's kind of they've put it down as um he's it's a poignant basically the book is a poignant letter from Patrick to his children and his grandchildren, um, writing from the heart. He describes his realities of his life as a black man today, and why we why we must unite and inspire change for the generations to come. So, definitely sounds like a really powerful book, um, and obviously it means a lot to him. I I watched the interview with him talking about it, and he pretty much said what he'd like is when his grandchildren grow up and read the book, he'd, he'd like to hope that everything that they read is absolutely irrelevant. It, it has nothing to do with the life that they're living now. And it would be a sad case if, if they're still dealing with the same stuff. So yeah, he's, um, yeah, very, very, looks like a really good book. So that's Everyone Against Racism, A Letter to My Children by Patrick Hutchinson. Uh, you can, I think you can get that on Amazon. So as I always say, you know, times are hard, times are stressful that's real obvious and that's in our face but the world is full of opportunities the world is full of opportunities and there's things that we can do this year that would have been impossible to do last year you know um i just in fact i watched a documentary not a, docu well, a documentary um on deliveroo um and just in a nutshell this was just uh, about this american Chinese-American man, he's come to the UK, he's doing some work in the UK, wanted to get some food, didn't know where to, well, didn't want to get the, the, the local food and he just wanted something else and there wasn't an opportunity for that and he was like, okay, you know what, maybe I'll do something where I can deliver any type of food to anybody and that's how he started, you know, and, and pretty much went from there and for the first year he would go out and deliver the food and now it's a multi-billion pound business that's global. 
So that was an opportunity that was always there, to be fair. Um, and he obviously exploited it and we're all benefiting from it now because now we're in lockdown. His business is doing better than ever. You know, people... Uh, restaurants are changing their whole business model. Some businesses are actually building their business around um, Deliveroo. So the point I'm making is, is there's always opportunities, always opportunities. But I tell you, I tell you for sure, you ain't going to see any of those opportunities if you're focusing on negatives. If your focus is on what's not good, where the problem is, um, woe is me, if that's where your head's at, it's going to be very, very hard for you to see the opportunities that are also sitting in front of you. So my thing is, is keep your eyes peeled, keep it positive, look for the opportunities because there's a lot you can do no matter what the year looks like, yeah? So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.